I'd like to welcome now Vera Baird, who is the Solicitor General and has a background in equalities and, and women's issues, very particularly, but equalities generally, uh, and is coming to present to us the government's vision for equalities. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm sorry to make this sort of you know, crash entry and then immediately speak, but actually we, it wasn't all that clear to me how I could come in and not interrupt the last speaker. So I thought, well, that's a good reason to have a cup of coffee um, and, and join in later. So we waited for the applause and then came through. But I'm very pleased to be here and I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to speak about care and support generally, but obviously about the Equality Bill, which I'm taking through Parliament uh, at the moment. Let me pay tribute, though, to the work of Carers UK, outstanding advocates for carers. You have a wonderful leader in Imelda, and it's because of all you do that the voice of carers is uh, quite rightly being heard more loudly than ever before. Let me pay also tribute to the six million carers across the country for their pretty priceless contribution to society, providing support to others who would otherwise struggle to cope on their own and enabling loved ones to continue to live in a loving and dignified environment. The government does represent and recognise the important role that carers play in our society. Supporting carers is, is very important to commi a commitment that we have toward building a fairer and a more equal society. We, we, want, we have a vision that by 2018, carers will be recognised and valued as absolutely fundamental to families and fundamental to stable communities. And we have to improve, we know, health and social care support so that carers can maintain a balance between their caring responsibilities and a life outside of caring. It means carers being able to combine work with their caring roles when they want to without fear of discrimination. It means carers being able to access education, training and leisure opportunities that they need to do to have fulfilled lives. Now, the Equality Bill, which is the primary focus of what I'm going to say today, is a step closer to realising that vision. It's going to extend protection against discrimination and harassment to somebody associated with a disabled or older person, in effect giving new uh, carers rights in the workplace and in the provision of services. Its impact on the lives of carers I think will be significant. Indeed, I think your own invitation here today says that it will herald the single biggest shift in legislation to affect carers in the last decade. Before I go into the detail of the bill and what it will mean, let me just look a little bit more at the context that I've already referred to. Caring for relatives and friends when they're in need is a challenge that many of us will rise to at some point in our lives, and indeed many of us have. At any one time, one in ten people is a carer, giving support to a relative, friend, children, older people, people with disabilities, people who are ill. And we're moving, it seems, in a direction where care is going to affect more and more of us in the future. The number of people aged over 85, the age group most likely to need care, will double over the next 20 years, affecting many more families. This is going to increase the demand for carers. Many people, mainly women, are balancing work and childcare at the same time as caring for an ageing parent now. Increased numbers of older people care for their partner while caring for 
grandchildren, parents of children with complex health needs know that they are going to be lifetime carers. And the positive shift, and it is a positive shift, to independent living and care at home, away from institutionalisation, also, of course, is likely to require greater contribution from more and more carers. And despite, though, this expanding role and the fundamental importance that we attach to it, carers do continue to experience equality challenges day in and day out. For many carers, looking after their own health, combining caring with work, getting access to training, simply having time to make a break for themselves can have considerable challenges. People who provide a lot of care tend to have lower incomes, tend to have poorer health and are less likely to be in work than others. Some carers say that health and social service professionals treat them as though they don't understand the concerns and problems of those they care for when usually the opposite I think is the case uh, and there is pressure uh, although it is an outstanding case it was an appalling case in September that we heard about of Fiona Pilkington who killed herself and her daughter after years of being terrorised by local youths. An example of how lives can literally be destroyed by the lack of acceptance of disability and the caring role associated with it. So we are aware that there are challenges and we will overcome these challenges and we wouldn't tend to strengthen the support we give to carers. The risk of not doing so is too high and it would be damaging for a modern society that has to be fair to everyone and we have to look into corners and pull out unfairnesses and rectify them so that everyone can flourish and society can draw on everyone's talents so that it can prosper. Now, I'm very proud to be part of this government which has worked to respond to the problems that affected carers. Indeed, it seems to me that it is in the last decade that the community, which is carers, has really emerged um, as a community at all. There is a range of measures that we have introduced that are making a difference. A very quick headline lists the Carers Grant in 1999 to help councils provide breaks and services for carers. By 2011, the government will have invested nearly 2 billion, 1.7 billion for councils to support carers. The National Carers Strategy for a decade launched in June 08 has seen 225 million invested to increase the number of short breaks for carers, provide more support for carers entering or re-entering the job market and to increase support, very importantly, for young carers. The Carers Information Service Helpline provides advice and information on carers uh, and support available for both themselves and those they care for. A 4.7 million a year Caring with Confidence programme which tells carers of their rights and helps them to develop advocacy skills for their own uh, support and promotion and those of the people they care for. We've extended the right to ask for flexible working to carers and we're looking at working with training providers to make sure that skills development can be offered in a flexible way as well. Fine having a right to ask flexible working, but if you can't train flexibly for the job you might want to get, then you're never going to get to square two. So we look also at square one. Skills development in a flexible way that reflects the multiple and often complex commitments of many 
carers. And in the last budget, we announced national insurance credits for grandparents who give up work to care for their grandchildren so that they can continue to accrue, importantly, their, in their pension rights. A reasonable lineup, I think, of changes that we have made, all of which have made a contribution. But we do nonetheless accept that the battle isn't won. We need to continue building on this relatively solid foundation. Now, going back to the bill, as many of you will know, the history relates to a case of a young woman called Sharon Coleman, a legal secretary, who took an employment case to the European Court of Justice in 2005. The mother of a disabled child, she had to leave her job because her employers hadn't given her as much flexibility in her work as the parents of other children. And the, the court held that the European directive which outlaws discrimination at work on the grounds of disability is not limited to disabled people themselves, but can extend and does extend to those caring for disabled people. That is the principle uh, from Europe that we're now incorporating into the Equality Bill, which will give carers, amongst others, protection from direct discrimination or harassment because of association with somebody in one of the protected strands, as we refer to them, the most relevant being a disabled person and an older person. They are likely to be the people that carers are associated with. Other equality strands, though, are also covered by this because we recognise how important it is, we've extended in clause 13 this level of protection to not only work but also the provision of goods, facilities and services and to uh, we're adding them uh, onto equality strands that aren't currently covered. So for instance a restaurant that won't take a booking from a man because he always brings his mother along who is a wheelchair user and who takes up space otherwise available for other customers would be directly discriminating against him now on the basis of his association with his cared for mother. Now we're reasonably confident that this new protection for carers won't impose significant burdens. Employers and service providers should in any event be treating their employees and customers fairly and with respect, irrespective of their caring responsibilities. So the law is going to be brought up to speed with good practice. It will require changes in behaviour of those who are lagging behind and it will put an end, frankly, to the waste of talent and ambition that results from employers, for instance, dismissing people or not promoting them. Uh, because they have caring responsibilities. And I mean, so far as business is concerned, so far as the, the economy is concerned, to look at it from a, you know, a hard-nosed point of view, in these economic difficult times, we can't afford to waste people's talents at all. Now, of additional importance, that's the kind of core major change that is going to help carers, I think. But there are two other ones that will also play a significant role. There is a new duty in the first three clauses of the bill on strategic public authorities to have regard to reducing socio-economic inequality. This applies to government departments, key public bodies like local authorities, strategic health authorities, primary care trusts. We will be requiring those bodies under this duty when they make key 
strategic decisions. So this is not about everyday delivery, this is about strategic decisions to consider the impact those decisions will have on the most deprived, uh, who, those who of course in many cases are um, most in need of public services. So this is not a change targeted at carers, but many carers, as I've already touched on, do experience socioeconomic inequality, most notably financial hardship if they can't find suitable work, if they have only poor quality work in the time that they've got available, or if they can't work at all. And so what we hope the duty will do is two things. First, it should generally uh, drive up standards of service for those who are most in need, because that's its crux. You have to have due regard to reducing socioeconomic inequality, targeting your delivery on those most in need. But secondly, I hope the duty will also tackle the disadvantages that carers themselves face. In many cases, um, caring responsibilities obviously impact on the opportunity to find work or to access social activities. And this duty should help to focus the minds of all these key public bodies that they must work together to promote better opportunities for everyone and of course an organisation like Carers UK will need to lobby to make sure that the poverty, the relative poverty that carers can be in is taken into account specifically when strategic decisions are being made. Through the bill in addition we introduce a new equality duty on public bodies. This new duty will bring together the existing duties that public authorities have to stamp out discrimination and promote um, good practice in respect of race, disability and gender. And that duty will now be extended in a single duty, so covering all three of those, and also covering age, sexual orientation, religion and belief, gender reassignment, pregnancy and maternity. So what we, we hope and what we expect from this new equality duty imposed this time on all public bodies in delivery, in strategy, in planning, not just strategic uh, ones as with the socio-economic duty, but on all public authorities for all of those decisions. What we hope and intend it should do is that they should have a responsibility to engineer inequality out of everything they do from the start. It is part of the major change in the Equalities Bill from a, a situation where we have had uh, rights against discrimination for a very long time, but what happens is that people are discriminated against and then they bring an action about it. That's not the right way. Now what we think we ought to be doing is literally compelling those who are capable most capable of discriminating, i.e. those who deliver public services, to look at the whole job they do from the beginning and to engineer out inequality so that discrimination doesn't arise. We shall never get it perfectly, but you can see that that is a key change and that it is a very uh, beneficial one. So that duty is bound also to support and to assist uh, carers. We know the best local authorities already uh, do that, uh, of course, but given that a large number of carers are women, or elderly, or young, then uh, there is going to be encouragement to take their needs into account through this duty. So just some examples of how it might work, and these are just examples we've thought of. PCTs 
could require its surgeries, GP surgeries, to check out which of their patients are carers so they can provide them with targeted information about relevant services like health checks, home visits or carer support group meetings. Local authorities could make provision for schemes so carers can enjoy sport, recreation, leisure and retail services at concessionary prices. Local authorities could set up weekly support groups for carers to help reduce feelings of isolation, create a space where they can share their ideas and their experiences. Library services could offer carers books and other material to be delivered at home. Schemes set up specifically targeted at young carers, identifying their support needs, activities to provide a break, advocacy advice or information services. So we have high hopes of how positively these duties can move forward the agenda for carers too. And once again, of course, lobbying and campaigning and drawing to the public authority's attention what carers' needs are is a job you do so well and will need to ramp up probably a gear now that there are new duties which must be met. So the Equality Bill has finished its committee stage in the Commons. What happens is a bill is it gets its second reading, and I don't know why it's called that, because it's really the first time it's ever looked at. But it's about the principles, and that's done on the floor of the House of Commons in this case. And then it goes into committee, where we take evidence from anybody who wants to give evidence in Carers UK did about the impact it's likely to have, how we should change the bill, how we could improve it for carers, and so on. And then, with the addition of all of that input we move from a clause to clause to clause to clause and literally scrutinize every one that's the committee stage and that's now completed the next stage in the commons is called report which is when the committee which is not the whole house it's a committee made up of a proportion of the parties in the same numbers as they in the same proportions as they are on the floor of the house generally scrutinizing specifically so that committee then reports back to the whole house and there is a date fixed to the 2nd of december for that pro, uh, pro process to take place so that's on the floor of the house of commons and again there will be amendments proposed there will be changes countenance there will be improvements attempted we ourselves are bringing some amendments out at this stage because obviously that committee scrutiny process is a real one and it can and has pointed out that there are some things we should do better and we are going to beef up for instance the definition of disability to make very very clear that um, all we have done in the bill is enhance disabled people's rights because there was something equivocal in one bit of the phrasing that worried the disability lobby so that whole process will take place on the 2nd of December and then we have a brief debate called the third reading and then off the bill goes to the House of Lords where it's scrutinised in a very similar way again but the intention is that it will be on the statute book by spring indeed it has to be um, on the statute book by April um, that's the time that's allowed for it it's a big move we're not stopping with the equality bill we know there's much more to do I recently published a paper called working toward equality which is about a new employment strategy for women emphasizing how we can further promote flexible working get better quality 
part-time work fundamental in enabling carers, I think, to balance a career with caring responsibilities if that's what they want to do. And of course, although the strategy is directed at women, flexible, better quality, flexible working, better quality part-time work is good for everybody who has uh, other interests in life beyond going out um, to work 40 hours of the week. So that is our next step. In July 2009, the Department of Health published Shaping the Future of Care Together Green Paper, which sets out lots of options for radical overhaul of our care system, which will include clear national entitlements, a national care service to start in the new year, offering the basic minimum entitlement to all, regardless of financial means. The Department for Children, Schools and Families will be publishing a Families and Relationships Green Paper very soon, which as well as looking at how we can better support mothers and fathers in families, we'll look at how we can better support grandparents, how we can provide better care. So I think a lot is happening in government to try to support carers, and a lot is happening in government which will incidentally also support carers, and I've tried to draw attention to all of that. We can't affect the changes on our own. If we're going to meet the scale of the challenge that modern society brings, then each and every one of us, central government, local government, health sector, social care, voluntary sector, have to work together to build a fairer and more equal future for carers. And it is you, people working in services, that really make or break the lives of carers that can really make a difference. It's you who can help us change the Equality Bill from a nice piece of paper on somebody's shelf into something that actually works on the ground and is capable of changing people's lives. We need you to help us work toward a system that carers feel is on their side, which includes better support so they can manage all of the demands. This, of course, includes good health care. Part of the Equality Bill is to uh, get rid of age discrimination. We have a plan for excluding age discrimination systematically from the National Health Service, which is, I fear, one of its uh, major repositories uh, at present. So I'd like to finish by reading a quote back to you, really, from a recent article that Imelda Redmond wrote for The Guardian. Uh, we must respect those who care. She wrote it in September of '09, And I myself thought that her phrase summed up perfectly what we're trying to achieve. The support given to carers needs to be transformed. Instead of pitying them or giving them an occasional pat on the back, we should be celebrating this most natural of human interactions and questioning how as a society we can show them the respect they deserve. So I hope you use today as an opportunity to talk to each other share best practice, compare notes, and if we can turn the commitment of the people in this room into concerted action with us, then I know through the mechanisms that I've set out now that the government is implementing that we can ensure a fairer deal for carers in the future.